Caldwell's True Life Academy helps intelligent, ambitious people achieve and accomplish amazing things for the purpose of living the life they've always dreamed of. We will show you how to tap into the gifts that we all have been given. True Life Academy gives you the best possible chance of living a life full of wealth, health, love, and personal power. As a certified coach, mediator, speaker, and trainer, Clarence has the skills needed to guide you to the most amazing life you can imagine for yourself, focusing on your relationships, finances, health, and career. So join the Academy and be awakened to your true life, the life you dream of, the life that fulfills your purpose, yes, the life you were intended to live. True Life Academy starts now. Hello and welcome everyone to True Life Academy. This is Clarence Caldwell, your host and your coach for the week. Hello, welcome and good morning. Good morning. Yes, it is morning. It's morning because we are waking up. We're waking up to our true life. And the things that we do to wake up and to remain awake in this world are three things that I really encourage everyone to continue to do and try to do as much as we can uh, you may slip at some time, but there are times when you know that you are very much awake. And in those times, I want you to really remain thankful. Be grateful. Grateful in everything. Be grateful. Even when things are not going well, remain thankful. Secondly, give. If you have the opportunity to give to someone, give to others, Give when you can. You're not only giving, but you're receiving at the same time. So that's important for you to do, not only for them, but for yourself as well. And then thirdly, because we have this thing called choice, we can always choose things in our life. And even when you think you don't have a choice, you really do have a choice in many, many things in this life. And I encourage you to love first and then choose. And when I talk about loving first, I'm talking about being connected to your true self. To me, that's love. When you can love who you are and be connected to your authentic self, that is where love starts. So when you start there with your true authentic self, that's loving first and then choose. All right. So hopefully uh, you've lived your life that way this week. And if you have, I know you've had an amazing week and you have made an amazing week for the people around you. So welcome. And we are um, going to talk about something that's very, very uh, important to talk about tonight. And uh, it's a very, very special night. Every night is special. I always say this is a special night because you know why? Because it is special. You are here. You're alive. You're well in your mind and your heart. And you are connected to the greatest, greatest gift and that's the, the power of life. And that is running through you. So that makes today special. And there's so many, many other things that make the, the, the day special for you individually and for us as a whole. So, yes, it's another very special day. And it's a special night because we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to all of us. It's one of those things that we all experience at one point in our life and maybe many times throughout our life we experience it. You know, I had, I had made a comment uh, several weeks ago that we were shifting from from talking about true life to real life. I mean, it's all it's all the same, but we're going to talk about real life issues. 
And tonight's real life issue uh, falls into that category of something that we all experience, but we don't always have the wherewithal and the tools to deal with it. It's not something that we're actively taught uh, either by our parents at home or our, our connections, our friends, or at school. We're just not, we're not equipped to deal with uh, this very often, but we experience it all the time, and every one of us experience it. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time, or have you ever experienced a loss? If you experienced a loss, and when I'm, not, I'm not talking about you've lost your keys or you misplaced your glasses. I'm talking about a real loss in your life that has affected you in a profound way. And when you experience a loss in your life, there are many things that happen to you. Now, we've, we talk about um, how, how you uh, can get through tough times and, and how you focus on, on the future and be positive. And, and all those things sound great. But when you're actually going through a loss of some sort, uh, there are some really, really significant things going on for you that that I want to make sure that you're capable of, number one, identifying and recognizing, and number two, really understanding how uh, the best way for you to get through that. Now, I wish there was just, here's one answer to everyone going through any kind of loss that you have, and if you do this, all will be fine. But the truth of the matter is that we're all different. We're all different in that we feel differently about certain things, we behave differently, and we think differently um, about certain things. And so that makes our reaction to the losses that we have in our lives different. And the losses that we have in our lives have a different meaning to us than they may have to someone else. So, and it's, it's not always the same thing. So let me get a little bit clearer in terms of when I say loss, what I'm referring to. Now, the, the obvious one and the thing that stands out in everyone's mind when you say loss, people always go to this one area that, and it may be the most uh, devastating area. I don't know. It, it depends on the person. But it may be the biggest area of your life that you can recognize and, and uh, it, it really understand when I say loss that, you're, that we're talking about this specific thing. And that's when you have uh, someone that's very, very close to you that may pass away. Someone may die, a parent, a, a family member, um, a wife, a husband, uh, someone close to you. And we call that a loss. And, and it's a loss in our lives that's very, very devastating. But that's not the only kind of loss that we have. We have a loss in, um, in the other areas of our lives. We may lose our health. We may become ill. And that's a loss of our vitality and our health. And that has a similar, a similar effect on us as losing a loved one. We may lose a job. You may be at work and find that, that your company that you're working for is going through a merger um, or they've made, have, they've made a major change in management. And as a result of that, there could be a a, an opportunity for you to, to work somewhere else. In other words, that's how they present it to you. 
oh, there's an opportunity for you to, to go somewhere else. But the fact of the matter is you may just have lost your position, whether you've lost the job or you've lost the position you held within the job and moving somewhere else within the organization. It is a loss in your mind, in your eyes. Or some of you who um, have been around in the, and had invested money in the, in 2000, before 2007, um, even your homes, you may have lost a lot of money in the, in the stock market, 2007, 2008. Or even your home has decreased in value to a great degree. That's a major loss in your life. And it has a profound impact and effect on you that is very similar to when you lose any of these other things we talked about, including the death of a loved one. Now, again, losing a loved one is, is probably one of the most devastating losses that you can have. But it is not different in terms of the impact and how it feels in many ways or what parts of you are touched than when you lose other things that are of great value to you. So we're going to talk tonight about loss. We're going to talk about, and, and I'm going to try not to make it a depressing discussion, uh, but it is something that we need to really recognize because it happens all the time. It's something that happens um, very regularly, actually. And we have losses that are small and losses that are large. And they all have a similar effect on us, but just difference. There's a difference in magnitude. And um, one of the things that comes to mind for me when I, when I think about loss and when I think about um, having uh, a loss in your life is that you're affected, and I, I'm speaking for myself as well, and, and maybe I'm only speaking about myself, and hopefully you can relate, that you're affected emotionally. You're affected affected mentally. What you think about and what goes through your mind and you're just these things, you, you start thinking about, thinking about, thinking about, thinking about the loss that you have. You are effect, affected emotionally. And, you know, there are times when if the loss has affected you to a degree emotionally and mentally, that it can have an effect on you physically. You will start to reflect the um, the loss in, in many different ways. You may begin to feel sluggish. You just don't have the the energy to do certain things. You stop. You may stop working out. You may start eating uh, differently. You know, grab that ice cream and just sit on the couch and start eating. Um, these are these are things that we do um, on a physical level that can uh, really affect our lives going forward. So not only mentally and emotionally is loss something that affects us, but even on the physical layer, we get affected by loss in such a way that it can absolutely change our lives. Um, I, I want to tell you a story about a young girl that... Um, uh, well, you know, we're going to we're going to take a break here shortly. But when I come back from the break, I'm going to tell you um, this this story and we're going to equate it to some of what we're talking about and um, and see how it plays out. Because 
there's there's many lessons in this story that I'm going to tell you that will, if you can't dire- directly relate to the situation, you will in in some way understand uh, what's going on as we as we walk through it. So when we t- when we come back, we're going to talk about loss, uh, whether it's money, job, relationships, uh, our health. We're going to talk about how those things impact us. Uh, when we go through a loss. And um, we'll be back right after the break. We'll talk to you then. Thanks. True Life Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are talking about a very difficult subject of loss. And it's difficult because it affects us typically in a way that is not uplifting and is not very positive. Uh, when we experience a loss, it has a um, I don't want to say negative because that's somewhat judgmental, but it does impact us in a way that is not what we really want to feel and go through at the time. So in, in that regard, it is negative. And so uh, I want to make sure that we understand it well enough so we can get through it. Uh, you know, what happens? You know, there's something that happens that actually makes us feel this loss. And what is that that happens to you? How, do, how does it make you feel? What are the feelings that, that you get when you go through a loss of some sort? Um, and, and when you recognize and, and identify those feelings, that's kind of a key to what's really going on holistically for you. And if you can really understand that piece of it, uh, it may help. One of the things as I walk through this whole thing about loss and um, either examine my own life, examine the lives of others, and even doing a little research on it. One of the things that really is happening when we go through a loss is that um, there's something that leaves that leaves a, a, I guess, a hole in our lives. There's something missing now that leaves this gap, this hole. And that's what we, what we 
feel. We feel this emptiness or this incompleteness based on the loss of that, whatever that is. I mean, even if it's something the material, if it's significant enough, it leaves you feeling incomplete or empty. You're less than you were before. Now, it's not that um, it is, it is going to absolutely change you because you are the master of that fate. What happens to you from that point on is yours to decide. You know, people die at a very high rate uh, in the world. Uh, and I say high, I'm not saying it's higher now than before. Um, but if you were to identify the number of people that die every day, um, that's probably in the hundreds of thousands every day. Now, as one person dies, does that affect you? Well, if you don't know them, you, did, you didn't know that they die, you have no connection with them, you don't even know of them, it probably does not affect you. You don't even know it. You're not even aware of it. So hundreds of people die every day. It's a natural phenomenon, and it doesn't affect you. When a person is close to you, connected to you in some way, and they leave for some reason, that does affect you. So um, let's talk about this in a, in, a different, in a different way. There's a story of a child who um, she must have been maybe 10 years old, and she had this real strong desire to, to have a, a pet, uh, a little kitty. And she would ask her, her parents almost every day that, uh, whether she could have the, a kitty. And uh, the parents, of course, wanted to make the child happy and wanted the child to have a pet, but the parents were a little leery also and didn't want to just get a, a kitty because the, the child had asked for it. Um, but the child kept asking, and the parents kept putting it off and putting it off. And one of the things the parents wanted to do was to make sure that this was not just a, a phase or a temporary desire that the child had. And so they wanted to make sure that, that the little girl was serious about wanting to have a pet and wanting to have a kitty. Uh, but over time, as the parents began to realize that the child was very serious about having this kitty, the parents began to talk to the child about what it means to have a live, uh, a living creature that you have to take care of. And... Uh, the child was very good at taking care of their toys, their doll, her dolls, and uh, um, other toys that, that she would take care of. They were always clean. They were put away when they were supposed to be put away. They were put on the shelves when they were put, supposed to be put on the shelf. And so the, the little girl had a track record of taking care of her things quite well. So that boded well for the, for the little girl to, to at least garner the confidence from her parents that she might be able to handle having a, a pet. And at 10 years old, she was probably old enough as well. Now, a few months um, later, the parents broke down and agreed to get her uh, this kitty and uh, that she'd been asking for all this time. Uh, the little girl was absolutely, absolutely uh, just filled with joy when she found out she was getting this kitty. They spent time looking for the right one, they picked out a right one. It was, you know, half black, half white. It was a black and white kitty that was beautiful. 
and the little girl fell in love with the kitty. This, this was going very well. Things were going absolutely very well. And every day after school, the little girl would come home and um, play with the kitty, spend time with the kitty, uh, and um, make sure that the kitty had food and water and would even change out the kitty litter as her parents had taught her to do. And she, she agreed to do all these things and and uh, things were going very, very well. Now, there was a period after a few months that the little girl got a little bit complacent. And, you know, she would come home. And the the bond with the girl and the kitty was very, very, um, ha- it was very high. The kitty would actually greet the girl when she came home, almost like dogs do. When dogs greet you when you come home, their, ta- their tails are wagging and they're jumping up on you. Cats are a little bit different. They're kind of, uh, they'll come to you when they want something. They want you to feed them or pet them. But for the most part, cats are a little bit independent, much more independent than than dogs. So, but this kitty had actually come to this girl. Every time the girl came home, the kitty would run and jump up into the little girl's lap or or, uh, rub up against the little girl's leg and and just be very, very affectionate. But over time, the, the little girl... Still took care of the kitty, but not in the same way. She relaxed uh, over time. She didn't do all of the give all the attention that she was giving to the kitty in the past. And and um, over uh, several months, maybe six uh, to eight months later, uh, one day the girl came home from school, and uh, the kitty did not run up to greet her. And so the little girl was a little bit miffed by it, and um, she asked her mom, "Hey, mom." I, I, Where's Kitty? The kitty didn't come greet me today. And uh, and so the mom wasn't real sure either. So they started looking around the house for the kitty. And they looked in the little girl's bedroom. And they noticed um, that the window was slightly open. Well, as soon as the, the little girl saw that, she ran to the window. And she realized that the kitty must have gotten out and had run just outside, maybe run away or or just went out for a while. The kitty was always in the house. So this was very unusual. So the first thing that the little girl did, I mean, she was basically shocked. And she immediately said, no, this this can't be. The kitty is not gone. Let's look else. Let's look somewhere else. But the mother said, we looked everywhere and the kitty's not in the house. And the little girl said, no, no, this just can't be, mommy. The Kitty has to be around somewhere. Uh, and they continued to look around the house, and, and over a period of time, they realized the kitty um, had actually left. Wow. Okay, so that's, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Now, the, the, the reason I, I tell that story is because there is something that that little girl starts to go through that is similar to what we all go through. And it's a simple story about a little girl and her kitty, but it is the very same thing that we as adults, no matter what your age, you will go through when you have a loss, a devastating loss or any loss, whether it be a material item or a person or something that is of great value to you. Now, there are stages that you go through, and these are well-known psychologists and, and uh, uh, sociologists 
have all agreed that there are these five stages, they call them five stages of grief that we go through, that we all go through. Um, but we might go through them differently, we might go through them um, in, a, in a rapid pay, uh, fashion or over time. And the first one is denial. And if you remember in, in the story, the little girl, the first thing she said was, no, the, the kitty cannot be gone. The kitty cannot be gone. And so they continued to look for the kitty. So there was, there's this denial that happens kind of right away that, you know, you might lose a loved one and you just, I can't believe it. You, you, what are you telling me that Aunt Martha has passed? I, she was just here last week. You know, you're just trying to reconcile in your mind the truth about it. And, uh, and there's this, this peace that happens right after that that is it's almost attached to denial it's kind of this pain and this guilt that comes with it um but it, it's the thing that makes makes you face reality that this loss has actually taken place and once you've gotten to this piece where the the you have come, come to realize that the loss is really real there's this next stage of grief that's called anger. And that's where uh, you really start to emote something that's just, it's just a reaction. And in the little girl's case, she said, Mom, how could you have left my window open? I can't believe you would do something like that. She lashed out at her mother. So there's this anger that follows immediately. You want to blame, you want to anger, you're, you're just angry. And that is absolutely the next stage of the five stages of grief. Um, there's this denial piece, and then there's this anger piece. Now, think about a loss that you might have had at some point. Um, and if it's recent, fine. If it's not so recent, maybe it's years ago. But think about the emotions that you went through when you first realized your loss. Was it uh, a denial at first? No, that can't be happening. Um, and then when you realized and came to grips and faced the reality that it was happening, did you get angry immediately and then just lash out somewhere, somehow, you know, punch the wall, uh, throw, throw your glass down, whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's this anger that happens uh, almost right away. Uh, but there's, there's a few other stages that you go through that uh, I want to talk to you about as well. And, and we're going to actually start to understand how you manage through not only the five stages, but each stage as well. So um, we're going to take another break here, but I want you to think about the times where you may have suffered a loss and what you might have been feeling at the time. And we'll talk about why you might have been feeling those things. The uh, third stage it's called bargaining. <laughs> yes, bargaining. And when we get back from the break, we'll tell you what that's all about. True Life Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. Welcome to Toginet. Cutting Edge Radio. Show me the money! 
Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are here talking about loss and how it affects us. And I'm just going through the five stages of grief that everyone, not everyone, but many of you are already familiar with. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking through those, but I want you to understand what they are and maybe you can relate to those. Uh, because I, I want to get to, as I always try to do, is get to a place where uh, we give you some real good tools to deal with whatever the issue is we're talking about. So we're going to talk about how to cope with loss as well. Uh, so as we were talking about the first couple of stages, this denial and this anger piece that uh, we might go through, you know, one of the things you have to realize is because we're all so different and the loss that we might feel is so different for each of us and each event is different, that, you know, these these stages, these that psychologists and sociologists have, have decided that we all experience might be experienced a little differently by many of you. So I'm giving you kind of a real treetops view of what the quote unquote experts tell us. Uh, but you need to know that, you know, any one person can get stuck in one of these, uh, one of these stages for an extended period of time. And um, that's not always good. In fact, it's good to get through those stages. Sometimes people get through the stages in, in very fast order. I'm not sure that's so good either because it doesn't give you time to really um, ex- experience and expose and uh, dispose of those feelings along the way as you as you experience that. So um, you know, I wouldn't say that that you should sit in any one of these for any any period of time, uh, but you can notice and you should notice when you find yourself in one area for an exp- extended period. And if you do find yourself in one area for a very extended period especially, especially stage number four, which we haven't gotten to yet, um, that's time to, to seek out real, real help. So anyway, let's, uh, let's get back to our, our five stages and this, talk to you a little bit about stage three. And I'm, I mentioned uh, bargaining. So that gave you that teaser before the, before the break. Bargaining is the third stage. And and uh, many of us go through a, a level of bargaining, at least we try to, 
when we have lost something great and we, and we say we may try to bargain with with God. We may say, God, if you would only just, you know, you know, not make this true, just, you know, bring them back to me or whatever it is. I'll, I promise I'll do this. I promise I'll do that. I mean, that's how it comes out in terms of bargaining. And in the, in the story of our, our little girl and her kitty, she says she prayed and she said, God, please let kitty come home. I promise I'll do a better job in taking care of it. And I'll promise I'll do a better job in school. I promise I'll. So the bargaining starts to take place. That's, again, after going through that denial, that anger, and then that next stage is called bargaining. And so I, I, I want you to be aware of these things because as you go through your losses in life, and you might be going through one right now, Kind of see where you might be. Are you in a, a, a denial stage at this stage? Are you in a an anger stage? Um, are you in this uh, quick bargaining? I, I think the bargaining stage doesn't last very long. I think that's one of those things that that we keep in the back of our mind and like, gosh, if this just didn't happen, I I, I swear I, I would I'll take another drink. I won't take another drink. You know, it, you get in a car accident and and someone in the car with you dies. Or, or is in the hospital, and you say, God, if, if you just keep them from dying, I swear I'll never take another drink. And if you've been drinking and driving, that's the bargaining that takes place. Um, and so understand what we might go through as we go through these uh, losses in our life and, and where it may be coming from. So examine your own. I asked you earlier in the show, what losses have you experienced recently? Um, whether it's been recent or maybe years ago. Maybe you're still going through some of these stages years later. If that's the case, um, you, you will really, really want to talk through this with someone because it should not last very long. And I can't put a time limit on it. Unfortunately, I can't tell you it takes you three days to get through it or three years to get through it. But there is a period of time where you need to recognize that you're not getting through it. And at that point, please raise your hand and seek out, uh, seek out some help. So the uh, fourth stage uh, is the one that, that is most, I, I'll just call it most um, concerning, that is the stage of depression. I'll call it depression and loneliness. You know, that's when you're really facing the reality that this loss is, is real. Um, that person is really gone. This is really happening. Uh, you, you know, when you actually faced reality the first time, it made you angry. But when it sunk in, after you tried to bargain your way through it, and it really sunk in that there is no bargaining here, this is really what's happened. Um, my Aunt Martha really did pass. When that's happening, then the, the reality sets in that they're really gone or the money that I invested in the stock market, it really is gone. I, I, it's just gone. Um, my health, I used to be fit. Now I, I, I have a, a disease. I have a terminal disease or whatever it might be. It's really gone. My health is gone. That's when the depression and loneliness begins to, to set in. And, you know, we react to it in many different ways, but in the, in the story of our little girl and her kitty, uh, 
She sat in her room just about all night and cried. She cried most of the night and and she wouldn't eat dinner. She wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't do her homework. She just got into this depression having lost her kitty. And in in that in that way, again, remember I said it affects you emotionally and it also affects you mentally. But it can affect you physically. And in her case, not getting any sleep at night will affect you physically. Not eating will affect you physically. So as we know that we're going through these stages, it's time to recognize where you might be in this, uh, this area of, of the five stages. And, and if you're in a depression mode for a, an extended period of time, then I really, really encourage you to seek, to seek help on that. So we're, we, uh, we're going to move on to the fifth and final stage is after you get through that depression piece, there's this piece of, uh, that they call acceptance. That's when you accept it. doesn't mean everything is fine. It just means internally you've accepted the change, whatever it is, the loss. You've accepted it. And uh, let's take our little girl and her kitty. She had gotten to a point of acceptance where she said, okay, I know the kitty is gone, but I know the kitty will be all right. Um, we never had the kitty declawed, so the kitty will be able to protect herself out there. And you start to kind of make it okay. It, it doesn't really make it go away, but you accept it as you start to think about the things that are, that are supporting where you are and allows you to move forward. So the acceptance piece is an important piece to get to, but not in a mad dash from denial to anger, to anger, to bargaining, to bargaining, to depression, and boom, I'm in acceptance. It typically does not happen that fast. If it's something of great value to you, if it's something major to you, it doesn't happen that fast. You need to spend a little time. Not, I wouldn't say you need to spend time there, but you will spend time in a few of these stages, some stages more time than others. But be aware of where you might be as you experience the losses. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's so natural. And I think one of the reasons that psychologists and sociologists uh, have said that this is truly what people go through is that they understand that this thing that's happened is that we've lost a part of ourself through a loss whether it's good or bad or, you know, it's just a part of you that's gone. And typically that part of you, in order to have had it, you have invested in it. You've invested um, hard work in it. You know, it's your job. You've invested your time. You've invested money. You've invested your heart. You've invested your soul. You've invested your mind, your thoughts, your belief. You've You've invested in this thing that is no longer there. And so there is this emptiness, this peace that it just almost feels like it's, it's gone out of your, your core, out of your chest. I mean, physically, it almost feels like it's right there in your chest. And that's why I think people say the heart uh, feels it because it feels like it's coming right out of you. And it's this emptiness. 
Now, a lot of people try, and I want to also just encourage you not to go down this path. If you, if you have and you've learned, good. But it, so many people go down a, a certain path after this, and they don't learn and they don't recover from it. And that is trying to fill that gap, trying to fill that hole with something else. You know, try to fill the hole with uh, any number of things, maybe drinking, maybe uh, drugs, maybe uh, just going out and just being with a ton of people all the time, going out and partying all the time. But typically, those are temporary fixes that don't really heal that gap that's within you. So I'm not saying don't ever go out and, and surround yourself with people if you're feeling that way, because that's probably helpful to some degree. In fact, it is helpful to talk to someone. But if that's all you're doing to become whole again, then you might be missing the truth about what it takes to, be, to fill that gap, to fill it from the inside. If you're looking from, for external things to complete you, if you're looking for external things to fill that, that incompleteness, then it will uh, be short-lived. Um, because all of this investment that you've made of your, your time, your money, your heart, your, your hard work, your soul, your, your, your mind, your thoughts and beliefs, everything that you've invested into this that is now gone or this person or this thing, then, you know, filling it with alcohol or a good time out at the club is just not going to do it. It'll be so temporary when you come down off of that little high that you're using. It will, in fact, hurt a little bit more. And some people try to just replace that, that gap. Um, you know, I, I lost my aunt and I used to talk to her all the time. So I'm just going to talk to Jane now. Well, Jane might not be the right person and you might not have that connection to Jane that you had with, the, with your aunt and, and it'll lead to other issues. So just be aware that trying to fill that gap is very difficult to do at times and to do it so quickly is a mistake in my opinion, my humble opinion. So uh, I, I know I've given you a lot in this segment, but we'll be back after the break to give you more. True Life Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. 
hour. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. This is Toginet, cutting-edge radio. Welcome back to True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Life Academy. We are talking about loss and the effect that loss has on us. The things that we are not taught in school, the things that we are not really taught when we grow up, um, we actually teach ourselves how to deal with loss by looking at how others deal with loss, believe it or not. We may have watched our parents deal with uh, devastating losses in their lives, and we've watched how they've dealt with it. And we may have friends or, or family or others that we've seen deal with loss, and, and we take that on because there's really no role model that, or uh, there's no curriculum, there's no lesson plan in, in school, there's no teaching around how to do this. And, and typically we find out how to deal with loss when we're in it, when we've actually experienced it. And if it's in a, a very major way, we seek out help and then people help us understand how to deal with it. So if you are going through a loss at this moment in time, maybe this message is perfect timing for you. But really the perfect timing for you is before you've gone through it. So hopefully you're listening to this and have not experienced the major loss we're talking about yet. And so when you do, you now know, if you take this to heart, you know, hope you're taking notes or come, come back and listen again, um, you will know what sort of what to expect that you're going to go through. You're going to go through that denial at first and you know, whether it lasts a long time or just a short period of time, you're going to go through that anger. And, and it could be very, very short-lived. Hopefully that piece is very short-lived. And you're going to go through this piece of bargaining and uh, depression. That one I really, really hope is also short-lived. Uh, and then the acceptance. If you can get to that acceptance piece, things will begin to uh, reemerge in your life in a way that it sort of makes you a bigger, better, stronger, more powerful person because of that experience. Um, I know of all the experiences you've had in, in life, you have grown from. And loss is one that will also make you grow or help you to grow. And it's not one that we want to grow because it's pain. We don't want to use for our growth because it's painful, but we all experience it. I don't think there's a person in the sound of my voice, within the sound of my voice, that has not experienced a significant loss of some sort in their life. And in knowing that, then you know that we're all in this together. We all have this, this kindred spirit around what it, what it really takes. Knowing that, have you been there for someone else who has gone through a loss? That's a question that I have for you. Do you know someone right now that's going through a significant change that's a, that's a loss for them? You know, and it's different for all of us. And we may not know it's a big loss for someone. It may be small to you, 
but large to them. They may just, you know, a person may say to you, if you're going through a loss right now, a person may say to you, you know what, that's no big deal. Get over it or you'll get over it because to them it is not a big deal because they don't have the same level of investment of time. Of, of emotion, of, of your heart, the hard work, of your, the, the investment of your, your soul, your thoughts, your mind, they don't have that same level of investment. So they cannot really, really understand what you're going through. They can understand it from an academic standpoint, absolutely. And, and hopefully they're aware enough to really have that level of understanding that they know, okay, this is important to you. You must be going through some issues and let me be there for you. I hope you have someone in your life that's that way. And if you notice someone else going through that, I hope you're that person that has that level of understanding so that you can be in their life that way. You know, whether it's large or small, it's not for the, another person to judge. You know, the, the simple story of the girl and her kitty, you may say, well, <laughs> it's just a little kitty. But you're not that little girl. You don't have the time, the heart, the soul, the thoughts invested in that little kitty the way the girl does. So understand that when you know of someone going through a tough time, it is a matter of them having a part of themselves that is no longer there. They now feel incomplete. They now have this level of pain, the level of loneliness, level of isolation. You know, loneliness is one thing, and feeling alone as, as a part of that loneliness is, is really a feeling of isolation, like no one else understands. And the fact is, no one else really does. That's the cold, hard truth. So people will say, get over it. Come on, let's just go out. Let's go have some fun. Let's do this. Let's do that. And they're trying to take your mind off of it. And they're trying to take the sting out of it. But when you're alone with your thoughts and you're alone by yourself, you can't escape that. It's there. So even though you might be busy throughout the day, when you're at home alone or in, at night when you go to sleep, you're by yourself. I know that you are feeling something and it might be one of those five stages. It might be a denial. It might. This can't be happening. This is not happening. You know what? You know, I could change this like right now. This, this can't happen. Or it might be anger. Well, you know, that 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 politician, you know, he. he you know, that president, that he's just made this rule and it, it's it tanked the stock market and, and now I've lost all my money. Or that so-and-so, whatever it is, that could be anger. You know, mom, how could you leave that window open? I can't believe you'd do something like that. So you might be in that stage or you might be in the stage of, you know what, if I could just make things right, you know, I promise I'll, I'll, I'll be better. I'll do better. You could be in that bargaining stage. Or you just could feel so alone and depressed. You could be crying and not eating and, and just not doing the things that you, that you need to do, not working out. And so your physical body is starting to take a toll. But 
if you get to the place of acceptance where you really have embraced the change, the loss, it doesn't make the loss go away, but it helps when you get to that point so you move forward. So getting to that point, how do you get there? Those are the stages, but how do you get to that last stage? You know, um, you know coping with the loss is very difficult, and, and for everybody, it's different. For, for some people, they, they have to uh, do certain things that would really help, and others, they do other things. But it's different for everyone because the level of loss that you feel might be different. And it could be the very same thing. Two people could lose the very same thing and feel different about it. So I, I want to just share with you maybe a, a, a simple tip that might help. Um, I call it ESP. Um, I, I may, I may uh, trademark that. ESP. If you can have ESP, and that's not extrasensory perception, this ESP um, is one of the processes that I'll just say that I think can help. First of all, the E, and that is for expressing. Express yourself. You have to get it out. You have to express yourself, uh, whether it's uh, through, through crying. In, in fact, there's, you know, as I went through this, I, I, there's, there's three T's. You can use ESP or you can use three T's. So expressing yourself through tears, let's say. First T is tears for expressing yourself. That's the E in ESP. The second um, is the S, and that's sharing. Or you can look at it as the second T of talking. It's sharing your thoughts, your feelings with someone or just writing them down in a journal. So expressing your emotions, tears, sharing your thoughts, talking. And then the third of the ESP is patience. And the third T is time. So having the patience, letting the time take its, take its course to, to help you through this. And when I say time, I, what I'm talking about and having the patience, I'm talking about not grabbing something right away, not grabbing that bottle of scotch and immediately drowning your sorrows. I'm saying not grabbing that, that marijuana cigarette or that hypodermic needle and taking drugs to fill that hole. It's not just grabbing something. Be patient. Take the time. All right, so that's ESP, express, share, patience. Or if you prefer, if it's easier for you to remember, TTT, tears, talk, time. So if you do that, this is not um, a quick fix, okay? I'm going to tell you now, there is no quick fix to a major loss, and it will stay with you hmm, forever. It's going to change. Those of you who have lost uh, loved ones, parents, you've, you've shifted where you are with that loss, but it stays with you. You're still there. You, if you think about your parents, you have this feeling that comes over you about them and that loss. But it's different. It's different now than it was. If, uh, and I'm only speaking to those of you who've lost parents a long time ago. So those of you who've lost someone recently, Know that it does take time. 
and it will change, but it does stay with you always. So uh, don't wallow in it. You can't be wallowing in that. You've got to be excited about the new opportunities that come up and, and even go inward and pray and, you know, you know, stay busy. That's, that help, that's helpful. Um, and sometimes you, you have to fill that, that hole with your inner love. Take your love and let it express itself, and that will find the way to, to fill the gap within you. Not external love, not external material things. You can go on a shopping spree. You know, people go shopping to make themselves feel better. Those are things that you can do externally, but do the ESP or the TTT and uh, give it time. You know, they say time heals all wounds. I, I won't say that. I just did. <laughs> Sorry. But it does take time and patience. You have to be patient and allow it to work. So take action. Take that action that I gave you. Um, so uh, if you do that, I, I think it might help you with your loss. Understand where you are in the, in the stages in that process and then do the ESP. Make sure you're doing the ESP and I think we'll make a difference. I hope tonight has been helpful for you. It has been for me. I, I learn every time I teach. So uh, certainly I appreciate you listening. And uh, if you want to hear more, you want to follow more, share this with a friend. Um, sign up for a subscription on toginet.com. And you can hear all of my shows, past and present, and, uh, and the future shows as well. And on iTunes also. Clarence Caldwell's True Life Academy. I'm so, so very grateful you're here. Live in thanks. Give when you can. Giving is so powerful. Love first, love yourself, love first, and then choose. Have a great week. We will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on today's True Life Academy. Certified coach, trainer, and motivational speaker, Clarence Caldwell, returns next week at this same time to share his keys to success. To help you achieve the life you dream of. Yes, the life you were intended to live.